contact. I think I got it on. Can you hear me? All right. Well, it's so good to be here with you guys this morning. And uh, my lovely wife Susan sitting there on the front row, and she'll give me signals like uh, that, or uh, that, or maybe this. I don't know. But uh, I do know this. <laughs> After 48 years, I've learned to listen. And uh, so you learn a lot, amen? amen. You know, uh, after I, I got to thinking about all this a while ago, and we moved in Texas back about, I think it was 1981, 82, somewhere right in there. We moved here from Kentucky. And, uh, and so that's where we're from. Now, she's actually from a town called Possum Trot, Kentucky. And that is no lie, that's a real place. <laughs> When I went to the country to get one, I went to Possum Trot. And not everybody can say that, amen? amen. And, uh, but it was a good thing. And uh, growing up there and, you know, the music scene and two hours out of Nashville and a lot of people from my hometown and, you know, moved there and did all this, that, and then I came to Texas and still going to Nashville, and, uh, which I'm so glad. And, uh, but we used to have this running joke, you know, because everybody in Kentucky and, and Tennessee loves bluegrass music. So I always ask him, I say, well, what's uh, 40 foot long and only has two teeth? And they just look at me. I said, front row at a bluegrass concert. I mean, <laughs> come on, you know, you got to get there, right? So some of my friends didn't like that joke. That's why I'm in Texas. But uh, no, it's been good. We, we love it here. We've been here. We feel we're bonafide Texans and uh, we've got seven grandkids and two great grandbabies and so all of our family are actually here and uh and live within just a few miles of us now and that's that's a great thing and it's another thing <laughs> so our house is never locked or hardly ever you know we don't know who's coming in and when then we just know the door is open and here comes somebody you know from our family so we just get used to it and but it's we we love it we really do it's nothing like family and being close uh you know, my career and, and somebody alluded to, they see that I played music, and I have practically my whole life. I was talking to a lady that was in, in, in born in Germany. And uh, I was over there in 1965, actually playing for a USO show, touring around. And uh, by the way, I was real young. And uh, just so you know, like I said, I'm from Kentucky, so we married when we were 12. I mean, it's kind of the normal thing. but. Uh, not really, but it was a great learning experience. And and somebody asked me one day, and I and even I was on YouTube, and somebody had posted a record that we did back in 19. That, actually, that was 64 when we recorded that record, rock and roll. That's me. We looked like Sonny and Cher back in those days, and uh, literally, you know. And I told somebody the other day, I said, "Well, I really am still in rock and roll." And I said, but the difference is now I'm standing on the rock and my name is on the roll. I've just changed, just changed keys, amen? So it's all good. And, you know, <clears throat> I was reading through a scripture the other day and uh, a thought hit me. And sometimes I, it's just, I don't know about you, but you know, you can read scriptures and you've read them over and over hundreds of times. But ever so often, one will jump at you, or there's a 
specific word that'll pop out. And that's what happened to me. I was reading Hebrews 3.1. And uh, it basically says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, it says, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And so what stuck out with me on this, on this uh, scripture was consider him. And I thought, well, I may stop here just a minute and just consider him. We consider a lot of things in life, but I'm going to consider him. I'm going to consider Jesus. You know, uh, I always said, sometimes it's like a golf game. You've got to go back to basics and get your swing back. Sometimes you can get off on things... And you need to go back to the basics sometimes and get it right and then start and then get everything straightened out. Well, sometimes I feel that's how we do in our, our relationship with the Lord. You know, uh, a lot of us are related to Christ, but that don't necessarily mean that we really know Him. You know, <clears throat> I've, got a, I've got a cousin, and we make jokes about it now, but we talk to one another, and we're first cousins. Maybe once in every 10, 12, 14 years, who knows? But ever so often, it'll pop up. I get a phone call, and there he is, you know. And the thought there is, with me is I'm related to him. He's my cousin, but I can't really tell you everything that he's doing. I don't know how he's living. I don't know what's going on because I don't fellowship with him. I'm just related to him. The ones that I fellowship with, I know all about them. I can tell you all about them just like you can. And so that's the way I feel like sometimes we are with Christ. Some of us have been in it so long, and then sometimes it gets to be where we have that relationship, but we're really not fellowshipping to the point, do we really know all about Him? And the only way you're going to do that mainly is through His Word. That's how He speaks to us. That's how you know Him. And then, of course, through our prayer, He'll speak to us also. So it's all about the fellowship side of it, and then I'm thinking, okay, I actually have some <laughs> relatives. I don't think I really want to fellowship with all that much. They're still up there in Kentucky, you know, and the ones that are not in prison. No, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> but, they, uh, but you have some that are great, but you just don't want to fellowship with them. You know what I mean? You love them, but you don't want to fellowship with them. And sometimes I think we have that even in our relationship with the Lord. And so I was thinking about, I need to consider him a little more today. I'm going to consider, have you ever just stopped and just consider the mighty, wonderful works that Christ has done and is still doing and will do from here on out? And so I just looked up, I said, I'm going to consider some things here this morning with him. And first thing I looked at was, actually I'm going to pull over here, it's First John 1 1, which everybody knows that scripture pretty much. And it says this it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I thought a lot about that. And you jump on down to verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, Jesus is the Word. And you're going to see that in a minute, how significant that that really is, that we look at Him now in another way. Yes, He's Jesus, the Son of God, we know that, 
But he's also the word. When you get into the Bible and read his word, that's Christ, that's Jesus. He is the word. And the word was made manifest and, and come among us, right? Everything in existence was spoken, spoken by the word in the beginning. So I thought, consider him. In the beginning was the word. And, and so I was looking at these and I just kept going. I said, looked at it, and I said, you know, here's another one. By faith, if you consider him, cometh by what? Hearing, and hearing what? The word of God, which is there again. We're going to listen, and we're going to hear Jesus. That's how we get our faith. And one of the best stories to me that I've just got it in my mind was Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 45 through 52 talking about that and this is i want to read it to you and they came to jericho and as he went out of jericho with his disciples a great number of people blind bartimaeus the son of timus timaeus sat by the highway side begging now his life is always the same poor blind bartimaeus he gets up every day goes to the same spot sits there every day doing the same thing Probably got his hand out, you know, begging, and that's just what he does. That's his life, all of his life. But one day, something changed. And verse 47 says this. He says, and when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, that it was him, when he heard it was him, he began to cry out, and he said, what? He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So... I kind of connected these two dots. Faith cometh by hearing. Blind Bartimaeus was hearing that Jesus was coming. He was coming his way. Faith was walking to him. And he was sitting there it's like he always did, but all of a sudden there's this noise, there's a clamor. It's Jesus coming, it's Jesus coming. And the closer he got, the more faith got closer to blind Bartimaeus. And he cried out. He cried out so much that the people tried to get him to shut up. They said, stop making all this racket. You know who's here? You know, have some respect. I can just hear him now. And many charged at him saying that. And I'm going down. And then he cried out even the more. So the more they try to get him to get quiet, the louder they get. Kind of like our kids sometimes. But blind Bartimaeus just, he knew Christ was coming his way. Faith was coming by hearing. He was hearing. He couldn't see him, but he could hear him. Jesus was coming. So every step he took, the faith kept getting stronger and stronger, and he cried out even the more. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we need to get serious with God when we really need something. When he's coming, you get in line. You get there and you say, cry out, Jesus, here I am. You know, here I am. Have mercy on me. And all of a sudden, what happens? Jesus stood still, and he commanded him to be called, and they brought the blind man, saying, Be of good comfort. Rise, he called. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came right to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said what, to him, what, what will that I should do for you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus. So faith comes by hearing, 
hearing by the word of God. And then when we do that, we got to act on what we hear. What we, you know, he didn't see him. He was blind, but he heard him. He heard. And how do we hear? We hear by the word of God. And it's for the purpose of building up our faith to where we can cry out to the Father and we know he's going to answer our prayers. We got to just get with it. We got to get down there and get serious. And I thought about it. I, there's so many places you, where you can go in the Bible. And remember what the Lord said to him. He said, thy faith made, the, made thee whole. Bar, blind Bartimaeus, it was his faith that made him whole. And, and there's so many instances of different types of faith. He had the faith because he kept crying out to Jesus. Jesus was getting closer. It was getting stronger and stronger. But then you had the guys that let their buddy down through the roof of the building. When Jesus was in there preaching, the crowd was so big they couldn't even get in. But they had a sick friend, and they had to get him to the feet of Jesus. Nothing was going to stop them. So they, what do they do? They climb on the roof, knock a hole in it, and <laughs> drop him down through there. And after all that was said and done, you know what happened? Of course, Jesus healed him. But he looked at his four friends and he said, it was your faith that made him whole. First, we had blind Bartimaeus. It was his faith. Now this guy was healed, but it was his friend's faith. You know, sometimes you get to a point, even in sickness, where you don't necessarily have what you need or the faith to pray for yourself. It's always easier to pray for somebody else. But sometimes it's hard to do that for you and for me. It's hard to believe that for myself, and you need that support. And, and there again, <clears throat> the guy sitting out there on the gate called Beautiful, you know, and couldn't walk. And Jesus and Paul came by, and, and uh, who was his cohort? I didn't write it down, but Peter and Paul. Was it who? Tell me, honey. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. See, that's why I have her here and y'all. Just interact with me here. But I didn't have it here, but it just the thought just hit me. But anyway, so when they came up, you know, they said he was asking alms as usual. And they looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Well, what did they have? They had the name of Jesus. And so you see three different ways that people were receiving healings. It was by their faith in one of them. One of them was by the faith of the friends. And this one, it was the powerful, just the name of Jesus is what they gave him. I don't have anything to give you, but I have somebody that I can give you. And his name is Jesus. And what did he tell him? He said, rise and be healed and walk. What did he, he jumped up and ran. So all of these things uh, to me is when I consider him... I start considering all of these instances that, that, that I see that Jesus was doing all throughout the Word. And that's why I say sometimes that coming to church is really important because you never know that it might be your faith that makes the difference in somebody's life down here that's needing a healing, that's needing something. What if you just stay home? What if you were one of the ones that God was going to use? And so when we combine that, it's, it's so important. And I think about that a lot, about the fellowship and, and, and coming to church as a body. There's more reasons to be here than just filling the pew or, or you know, makes you feel good because you went this morning. But it's, it's really being in the right place at the right time that God's going to use you. You don't even know when it's going to be. And I think about these guys, blind barmen, just sitting there, minding their own business, doing what they always do, and then within minutes... 
their life was absolutely changed. Just bang. They was once blind, now I see. I can't walk, now I can run. I was sick in bed, now I can get up. In just an instant, that's how fast God can change something. And we want to be in that moment, or at least I think we do. I do. I want to be in that presence of where God's moving. And who knows, he might just want to use some of us to be that faith level for someone else. So consider him. Consider him whose life, I'm just going to read down through some of these. Uh, We know through him all things were created. Who in him was life, and the life was the light of men, where our redemption comes from. Consider him who was born a virgin. Of course, that's Luke 1.27. And shall be called the Son of God. That's in Luke 1.5. Consider him. You know, uh, we say we believe a lot of things. And, but for some reason, there seems to be a, a point where we don't believe. For instance, uh, probably most people here, especially if you grew up in church, you've heard all the Bible stories, you know, and about Moses and Samson and, and, and all of these things in the Bible. And we, we claim that we believe this. We believe that, that the waters did part the sea and all the Israelites went through on dry land and then the water closed up and destroyed all of the enemy pharaohs. We, we say we believe that. We believe that in the, well, even in Noah's Ark, we believe that the earth was destroyed. We believe that. We believe so many things that we've been taught as youngsters. We believe all of these Bible stories. And so it just keeps going in the Old Testament and it works its way on up. I will share this with you. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to me is one of the greatest stories I love in the Bible. And, you know, their, their situation was death. There was no way out of this situation. When you get thrown into a fiery furnace, you're going to burn up. That's just the way it is. Nobody has never not been burned up, thrown in a furnace, especially when it's hotter than the norm. They just heated it up more on these, these boys. But what happened, we know the story. You know, everybody preaches on the fourth man in the furnace and all of that, but I like what happens before they get there. You know, they did not bow down to to the God, Nebuchadnezzar. They said, nope, we're not going to do it. You can burn us, throw us in the furnace, but we know somebody's going to deliver us. And I'm just paraphrasing. And they were willing to die for their God. And you know how easy it is for them to say, well, guys, let's get together. We can bow down. We can worship this thing over here. But in our hearts, God knows we love him. We're still going to serve him. But just, you know, we're just going to do this now. And nobody will ever know the difference. But we still love the Lord. But they didn't do that. They took a stand. And the thing about it with me, after they did that, God had already worked in their behalf. If you remember, when they taken them to the furnace, the guards that were taking them, when that door opened, they immediately were burned up. You remember that? Well, they were still standing next to the guards. They had them bound. Still didn't, they were already healed and set free before they even went into that furnace. Think about it. And, and so that's where I'm coming from. They already made their mind up. They considered the God that they serve. And they said, you know what? He is able, he is able to save us. But even if he don't, we're going to serve him anyway. That's where the rubber meets the road. Even if he doesn't, then what are you going to do? 
You know, we hear so many sermons on the good things of God and everything, but a lot of times we're not prepared when bad things happen to good people. The biggest question, well, why does this happen? Why did this person have to die? They're good people. They've been in church all their life. These questions, because a lot of times we're not prepared for dealing with that particular situation. We're going to serve God anyway. That's in His hands. I can't control that. It's nothing that they've done. You know what? Sometimes we're victim of our own circumstance, and we put way too much credit to the devil when we do a lot of it ourselves. Just saying. Not that God can't heal you and He won't. Trust me, I've seen many miraculous healings in my life. But then there's some, some of the greatest faith healers. You know, I had a friend of mine once said that uh, everybody that Jesus raised from the dead eventually died. They're not here. Nobody lives forever, you know. So you prepare yourself for that walk through life. And then the more faith you have in Him, and then you can face anything. You can go through the valley. You can do these things. And yet knowing that there's a loving God is still on your side. The greatest thing is knowing you're going to see everybody again. That's what I tell my kids and grandkids. I tell them all. I said, if you want to ever see me again, you'll know where I'll be. So you better keep yourself right if you want to see me again. I'm going to be with the Father. And I sure hope all of y'all are going to be with the Father. Then we'll have that great reunion in the sky, in heaven. And that's, that's a real deal. So in certain ways, yeah, we are separated, but it's only for a short time. In eternity, it's just a glitch, just, you know, just like that. It's God, you're, so it's, it's amazing to me. We have that to hold on to. So we know his name is called Jesus in Luke 31, which means our salvation, our Savior. He was worshipped by the angelic host of heaven himself. That was in Luke chapter 2 also. He was revealed to Simeon by the Holy Ghost. Great story. The old man, you know, God promised him he had lived long enough to see the Savior of the world. And he actually did. They brought Jesus into the temple and he was there. And he actually got to hold Christ, the Savior of the world. And then he told the Father, I'm ready to go now. I've seen it. I've seen the salvation of the world. So consider him as that powerful, even as a baby. He healed all manner of sicknesses and diseases. Consider him who just spoke the word only and healed the centurion's servant. You didn't even have to go there. Just speak the word. Well, he is the word. That word goes forth the same as Jesus being there. See, the more word that we get in us, the more power that he gives us to use that word. We have the right as a born-again believer to use his word as the authority of the same as he gives it. You know, the same spirit and power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible tells us, dwells in us. We just got to realize what we have available. And we have the legal right to use his name. Because his name, just like it was at the gate called Beautiful, healed the lame man. It was the name of Jesus. And they went on to preach after that and told them all, it's the, the guy that y'all crucified, it was his name that made this guy walk. But you know, they felt great after that, after actually witnessing and seeing this happen. Man, I can't even imagine. And then he says to Mary in Matthew uh, chapter 8, he told her in verse 13, he says, 
as thou hast believed, so it, so it is done unto me. And then Mary, she, what she says, she says, be it unto me according to thy word. And there again, there's that word thing again. When the Holy Spirit revealed to her, she was going to conceive Jesus. I mean, how far-fetched was that? I mean, we have a hard time believing the splitting of the Red Sea and water coming out of a rock and, and all of these great miracles. But now we're coming to a virgin birth thing here. That's like, wait a minute, that's pretty, that's pretty tough. Now, do we really believe that happened? Because if we don't, then this whole book you might as well just toss because everything that we have and live for is on that virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Salvation can't work without it. And when that was revealed to her, you know, she just said, be it unto me according to thy word. And, and I thought that so many times for myself. Lord, your word says, by your stripes I'm healed. Be it unto me according to your word. By your word you say I'm more than a conqueror. Be it unto me according to your word. You can go in and pull all of these great scriptures that we can prom promises to us as believers and just get that faith level, well, be it unto me according to your word. You've said it, so therefore, that's the way it is. Amen? Consider him. You know, I, I was thinking about the Spirit, and even in uh, Daniel in the lion's den, I said, he's the only one I know could turn a lion's den into a petting zoo. And that's basically what he did. You know, it's like God's just phenomenal. Things you can't happen. He did. You know, it was the greatest story. If you just, some of the greatest stories right here in this Bible. And uh, we just got to get in there and consider who gave his disciples power to even cast out devils, to heal all manner of sicknesses and disease. It's in Matthew and uh, 10.1. All believers, by the way, we are all disciples of Christ. And a disciple simply means you're a learner, you're a pupil. And, uh, and, we, and not only that, we also put to practice what we learn as a disciple of Christ. That's what we do. We're to walk even as he walked. Amen? And he says, he gives us that authority to lay hands on the sick. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Well, what do you believe? You got to get back to what do I believe? Do I really believe this? You know, people running all over the country looking for a sign. You, I've never seen anything like it. You get on Facebook and see this one and that one, and this meeting and that meeting, and this prophet's over here, this one's over there, this one's saying this. They're running looking for a sign. way I read it, they should be following us. We don't need to be following a sign. The sign shall follow us that believe. And then we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We can take up any deadly thing that won't harm you. We can go through these scriptures. So just consider him who gives you all of that. Consider him who said, blessed is he, whosoever shall not even offend me. You'd be shocked at how many people are offended by Jesus. Even some that are in a church. You know, once they get out of the church, you don't know who they are. It's like a dog returning to his own vomit. So you're, you're, what you do out of this environment is mostly what everybody sees. You know, there was an old uh, song, and uh, there was a guy named by the Gary, Gary Paxton. And he was an old rock and roller, wrote a bunch of hit songs back in the 60s. Uh, 
even recorded and wrote Alley Oop, which is nobody ought to remember that at all. But it was a funny song on the radio, made him millions of dollars. And he wrote other songs, ended up building skyscrapers down in, in uh, L.A. and all this, big time. Ends up losing everything. Walking the streets in Nashville, laying out on the street, and he was just out there laying down, people walking by. He was in front of a mission. It's a true story. And he could hear what's going on on the inside. And that's when he penned his song, He Was There All the Time. And if you've ever heard that song and listened to the lyrics, you can see where it's coming from. All this stuff he went through, it's, man, he was there the whole time. The whole time I could have reached out to him instead of living a life in drugs and hurt and all of this stuff, losing my fortune. And eventually none of that mattered. You know, he ended up, you know, after he got saved, wrote that song, wrote several more, ended up doing a lot of Christian music. He just passed away, I think, a year and a half ago. He moved to Branson and just kind of hid away over there. Gary Paxton. But you can't let your lifestyle dictate sometimes. We, we've got to live it and walk the walk and talk the talk. And when we leave and people see us, they see how we act, see how we do, this is the real Jesus, you know. Talk is cheap, but walk the walk is a whole other issue. So if you consider him and consider everything that he's given us and he's doing for us, it's so much easier to be proud and say, you know what, I love the Lord. I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not afraid to talk about him. I'm not afraid at all. Consider him who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is sitting down at the right hand of God. Making intercession, by the way, for us. So how more powerful can you get? Jesus is up there listening, you know, say, hey, hey, God, listen to that one. Let's touch him. Let's get him. Let's go. He's one of us, you know. And, and I just see it. He's, he's, he's working on our behalf. By the way, a lot of people say, well, what, what does he mean by the shame endured the cross and despising the shame endured? Well, it means that he just, he was, the joy was set before him was the actual redemption of all creation through doing the will of his Father. You know, if we do what God tells us, if we do His will, we're going to have joy. It's the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, so remember that. It's good to be joyful. I'm tired of being lethargic. I'm tired of being sleepy. I'm tired of being down. I'm tired of being put to sleep. <laughs> you know, I like the upness, the joy, the fire. I like, I like things up and running. I'm hyper anyway. That's why I made a drummer. I beat on everything. Still do. Run everybody in my family crazy. Pots and pans, they're everywhere when I was a kid, banging on the forks. Mom run me out in the garage eventually, and the, then the neighbors got bad. So I just, I'm still doing it. That's all right. And, uh, but I just, on the move, I like things moving. I like things moving in the church. What you guys are doing, you're on the move. I think it's wonderful. Besides that, they like to eat at the Oasis. That's a great thing. They like to eat. You're going to have a meeting, we're going to eat. All right, I'm in, you know. They're great people, by the way. And Randy loves this church and loves you guys. He's all excited. And I think it's wonderful.
And it's always good to go forward, never move backwards. Don't think back, don't look back, and you won't go back. That's what a pastor used to tell me. Always moving forward, moving forward. Sometimes, of course, I'm different than most people. I love change because I drive everybody nuts because I love change. When my wife and I were music ministers for years, they'd come on the platform the next week, it'll be changed. I've moved everything. All right, that's good for a while. Then maybe a few months, they come back. Man, where's that? Oh, there they are. You know, I'm moving it again. I'm always switching and moving things around because I just think it keeps everything excited. And, uh, of course, my, my people, I don't know about them, but they, they finally got used to me. And even the husband and wife team was bad enough. <laughs> so they got used to us, you know, not agreeing on everything. But uh, it was so much fun. And uh, everybody's it's still in the ministry, still worshiping. A lot of them are on teams, praise teams, and some of them went to be leaders. It's just exciting to see what God has done. But consider him. Here's another thing that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And I've used that even in my prayers because everything has a name. Cancer is a name. But Jesus said, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And I say, you're going to confess that Jesus is Lord. You're going to bow down into the healing power of the Almighty. I call you by name. I take authority over you by the blood of Jesus. I'm not afraid of it. We just attack it. Amen? Get in your attack mode in the spirit. Get the devil on the run for a change. Fun. Consider him who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And remember this, everybody. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way to salvation except through Jesus. If you hadn't accepted him as your personal savior, you're not going to meet him. I'm sorry, but you're just not going to happen. That's not the way it is. And so we hear, there's a lot of teaching out there these days that's telling you that's not necessary. You don't even hear anything about repentance anymore. It's a word that's thrown out of the church. It's thrown out. Oh, you'll be okay. You're a good guy. You're in. That's a lie of the devil. And people are buying into it because it's easy. Oh, man, that's simple. But you know what Jimmy Swaggart said one time years ago? He said, even if the Bible wasn't true, it'd be a good way to live. Something to think about, isn't it? So he's coming back. Consider him, y'all. He's coming back again, not as the, the lamb that was slain, but he's coming back as the lion of Judah who is the only king of kings and the Lord of lords. This second coming, he's coming this time. It's not going to be a little lamb of God. He's going to be a roaring lion. It's going to be awesome. And we're all going to be with him. Amen? At least all of us who are believers. There's a story uh, in Matthew 27, 22, which was asked Jesus by Pilate when he was right before he was uh, convicted and, and condemned. And you know Pilate wanted to wash his hands with this whole thing anyway. But there was a question that was asked by Pilate. And this is what he asked. He said, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Now listen to that question. Pilate says, what am I going to do? Yeah. 
what shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? And I've asked this to many people. What are you going to do with this Jesus, which is called Christ? That's the question. you got something you got to do with him. And how you answer this question will, will determine your entire destiny from this point on. And the Bible tells us to repent. And a lot of times people say, well, that means to make a 90 degree turn and go turn around the other way, which yes. But there's something before that. It's a, it's a choice. Repentance means change and a choice. And I think a lot of times we forget that. It's a change of mind. It's a choice. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. God is not going to come and just snatch you up by the collar and you're in. Got you. Got you. No, not you. I got you. Okay. Nah, you're not good enough. I want that one. You, you choose. You make a choice. He says, choose you this day. Repenting is a change of mind. It's a mindset. This is where people miss it. You, you've got to make your mind up. Either you're going to serve him or you're not going to serve him. You're going to accept him or you're going to reject him. There's no in-betweens. There's not an almost there. There's not, no, it's one or the other. And once you say, you know what? Hey, listen, I tried it myself. It don't work. I ran from God. I can't tell you how long. I sat in the pews back when they played old hymns. And uh, I know it sounds funny, but some of the songs, Just As I Am and all this stuff, it'd get to a certain area, and I'm sitting there, I am not going up there. I'm not moving. I am not going to go up there and accept the Lord in front of everybody. Everybody knows I'm this or that. I did that for years. God had to knock me out almost to get my attention. And, uh, and I thought after that, man, I should have considered him a lot better than I did because it would have been so much easier on me <laughs> if I would have just said, yes, Lord, <laughs> instead of me saying, no, I'm going to do it my way. And uh, so it doesn't work like that. So that answer, you choose. Say, Lord, what have you got to lose anyway? I'm going to make a choice to accept you today. I'm going to make a choice to let you into my life. What have I got to lose? Nothing. What have I got to gain? Everything. Everything. But it's a choice. And once you make that choice, that's when the Holy Spirit will come in. And He'll change your mind. He'll change your thought process. He'll change your everything from the inside out. I'm telling you, it works. I was a dude, man. I, I, in rock and roll music, doing this, that, and other, and people, and I hate to say it, but I cussed like a sailor, but everybody did. I never thought anything. I didn't even think anything was wrong with what I did because church wasn't even in my mind. And believe it or not, my mother played piano in a church all her life. <laughs> they sang in a gospel quartet, her and my dad for 25, 30 years, traveled with the Goodmans, statesmen, all that stuff. When I was growing up, it didn't take to me. I thought the music was the most boring thing ever for me. So as soon as she didn't, couldn't make me go to church, I was out of there. So in my mind, church was for the elderly and crazy people. And I actually believed that. I believed it. I didn't want to hear it. So I didn't really, under conviction in a sense, I didn't think I was wrong or doing bad because I just didn't think about it. Nobody ever told me, not really. And, uh, you know, we had a music store, and pastors would come in, start witnessing to me. One of them, I'd run and hide every time I seen him coming. I said, oh, gosh, here comes Brother Carol. I'm going to hell. I know it. 
Sure enough, you don't change your ways. This is in the music store. Then I had a good friend come in. I didn't even know he was a pastor for a long time. He just befriended me and just kept being nice and everything. And, and he's, he told this story up before, even before he passed away a couple years ago but, that I thought he owned a nightclub. I said, nobody comes in feeling that good. And then buying musical instruments, I said, what's this about? Tambourines, all this, that. I didn't know they had that in church. But he won me over. And then he started just telling me, and I've watched his lifestyle over the years. I played on his family's first gospel album, and I was still doing the nightclub stuff. But he saw something in me. He, he calls them his nuggets, so I was one of his nuggets. So he, that's the way Jesus works. And you don't know somebody's lifestyle. You don't know where they come from. You don't know where they're headed. All you know is you just love them. That's what they're going to see. You don't have to Bible thump them over the head. But if Jesus is in us, you'll have that. Amen? So that's what I want us to consider today in, in that decision. You know, are we going to accept him or are we going to reject him? And that's, that's our choice, Romans 10, 13. So whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Whosoever means who? Everybody. Whosoever. There's nobody left out of this equation. I don't care how. You can't do anything bad enough that Jesus won't forgive. You can't. You really can't. So it doesn't matter about our past. He gives us a new future. I love that. Somebody posted the other day when they were talking about their birth date. They gave it when they were born again. Theoretically, they're only 30 years old when they're actually 55. <laughs> you know, well, I was born again at age so and so. That's what I'm counting my, when I was born. And think about this. When you're born again, everything that was previous up to that point is gone. Your slate is clean. It's like a newborn baby. They have no, they have no issues of the past when they're born new, right? That's the way we are when we're born again. He forgives. There's no more sin. There's nothing. It's a clean slate. So it's what we do from today to now on up. That's going to be the, the thing. Amen? if we choose to live for him or not. So remember that. So I want to end up with Romans 13. It says chapter 11, or chapter 13, 11 and 12 verses. He says, knowing that time, that now is high time to awake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And it doesn't take much to look around the world to see how closer we're getting. He says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So that's what we do. Amen? Put on the whole armor of God. And we can withstand anything the devil throws at us. So let's stand and, and uh, I hope I didn't keep you too long. But uh, I don't know how y'all actually do it. I don't know if you have any music or whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. But let's bow our heads for a moment. And, and Lord, I just thank you for this day. And I just feel like, Lord, that uh, you gave me this. Consider him for someone, maybe more than one. I don't know. doesn't matter, Lord. You're in control. But who needs to truly consider Jesus today to, to repent? To, in other words, 
not saying that they're just turning away from something ugly and bad, but they're going to do a mind change today to accept you, to change their minds today that, that you are truly who you say you are, that you are the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, that you died for us. You rose from the death, Lord. You defeated death, that we might be born and we'd have life, and we'd have it life more abundant even now, Father. And so I pray now, Lord, that in these next few minutes right here that it's someone here that uh, it really needs to turn their life over to you. Maybe they've drifted away a little. We all have at one point in time. But now it's high time to get back into the right fellowship with the Father. You may have a relationship, but you may not have been fellowshipping with Him in a long time. Get to know Him. Read His Word. He loves you. He died for you. And we know that He's coming again. And so, Father, I just pray right now if there's anyone here who wants to make that commitment today, just to, Lord, just to come forward. I, I'm, I'm kind of funny about certain things and closing their eyes sometimes and raising the hand. But, you know, I'm not ashamed of the Father who died for me, of Jesus, who died on the cross for me. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And, Lord, I just pray that anyone, Lord, would make that commitment this morning just make your way down so we can pray with you but everybody it's just coming into a you're in the family anyway and nobody thinks anything other than they just love you coming into the to the fellowship here and in fellowship with the father and some of you young people i i know you've got some hard things you have to face every day every day from school from the bullying to this to that the pressures i know that and I just pray that you'll have the strength to endure. But I know without Christ, it's almost impossible. You can't do it on your own. And I just pray now that if you just make that choice, just, just come on up to the front and let us pray with you. And, and, and if you don't feel that you, right now, that you want to come up, but if you want to just raise your hand and just let me see where I can just pray for you, if you want to make that commitment this morning to the Lord, just say, Father, I just want to serve you. I want you to take control of my life. I want you to change me from the inside out. I'm tired of doing what I'm doing, being the person that I am. But I want to become a new creature in you, Father. You said, when I accept you, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new in Jesus' name. But what a start. And I just pray for anyone else that would like to come down for prayer. Hallelujah. Do you, you guys have some prayer warriors here, ones that pray, that would come up and also and pray with our brother here? Someone in church, if not, but he's wanting, he's wanting to change. He's wanting to change his life. You know, everything is, this is the most important thing there is ever in the church, right here. All the words are said, all that comes down, this is what makes the difference right here. And I know there's got to be, I, I, I'm just pretty sure there's someone else. And, but that's your choice. I can't make you, the Lord's not going to make you. But he said, if you would just change your mindset and just change to accept me this morning, just change your mind, then that's all it takes. And you're in, you're in. That's his word. You just confess him. He said, I'll confess you before the Father. Doesn't cost you anything. It's free.
so I'm just going to wait another few minutes here, just a few seconds. I just pray right now. Just come on, don't don't do like I did. Gosh, I put it off so long, I was miserable. It made everybody around me miserable. It's so good to change and, and let the Lord take over. He'll fix it. He'll fix it for you. And He's a way maker. He always makes a way where there is no way. Amen. Everyone just stretch your hands toward up here. Let's just pray. Lord, bless him this morning. Save him. Touch him. Forgive him. Set him free in the, by the blood of Jesus in every area. As they pray for him, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, this is how we move and how we grow as a church. Lord, these are the ones that we're, we're after, Father. Hallelujah. And bless this church, Father. I pray blessings on this church. I pray, pray blessings on uh, moving forward, Father. I just see great things coming. And uh, Lord, I just pray that this, this thing is going to blossom and grow more than it could ever even imagine. Because you're the head. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And everybody says, Amen. Well, I guess 